When I remember back to the last exploration bull market, the prospect generators literally had a melt up because as buyers came into the market, there were no sellers to match them. Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we deliver mining insights and bullion sales in the form of physical delivery, offshore depositories, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology. Welcome to Proven Improbable. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Today, we will highlight what may be the most overlooked value proposition in exploration, prospect generators. Joining us for a conversation is Dr. John Mark Stoudy of Riverside Resources and legendary investor Rick Rule of Sprott, USA. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Maurice. Thanks, Maurice. Rick, you along with Sprott USA are the most trusted, respected names in the natural resource space. That reputation has been earned with a proven pedigree of personal and investment success for the clients of Sprott USA by identifying companies and sectors that are selling at deep discounts. I would like to begin by asking you a twofold question. What is a prospect generator? And why should someone listening strongly consider the value proposition they may present for one's portfolio? A prospect generator, as I define it, Maurice, is uh, an exploration company that uses the management's technical expertise and commercial acumen to generate investment ideas and an investment thesis, stake those ideas, stake the physical terrain, and then bring in other partners to share the financial risk, often to bear the financial risk, in return for a carried interest in the property uh, and or a royalty. The idea is that the exploration business is very much like any other form of research and development business. And that the chief value is actually the intellectual capital of the management team. So the idea being with an exploration company you share the financial risk of developing a project so that you don't dilute the shares and you don't, as an investor, dilute your interest in the intellectual capital, which is, in, in fact, the most valuable asset that many of these small companies have. Uh, as to success, I'd like to answer the question statistically. When I was in university, I was taught that a mineralized anomaly had a one in 3,000 chance to become a mine. That means the value proposition offered up on Bay Street and Howe Street is that you have a one in 3,000 chance of a 10 to one return. Very poor math. Now the truth is that a reasonably intelligent speculator can reduce those odds somewhat by buying into companies that employ serially successful people or by, combine, by confining, pardon me, one's speculations to companies where they've already established the third dimension, that is, where they have an ore body into a deposit. But still, uh, over 35 or 40 years of speculating and exploration, uh, I have invested in something over 65 public prospect generators. The truth is that my memory is now foggy enough that I can't tell you how many. But I've participated in 22 or 23 economic discoveries and 20 takeovers, which means that I have been successful on, shall we say, 20 of 65 starts versus the expected statistical average in junior mining of one in 3,000. We had a young intern here years ago who told me that my experience was three standard deviations better than the industry experience as a whole. Now, 
that's the type of arithmetic that somebody like me uh, can't help but pay, pay attention to. If you want a dramatic example, probably the most dramatic example for me were to have been Arequipa resources, where there was a superb geological team generating prospects in Peru right after the signing path had been kicked out. In other words, after the flak jackets came on, but long before the currency was convertible. That company participated, if my memory serves me correctly, in 36 exploration campaigns, all of which were funded by other people's money. Had the company itself diluted itself over 36 exploration campaigns, they wouldn't have existed by the time that they made their final discovery, which was the Purina discovery. The upshot of that is that in the company's sort of three years of existence, they went from a 35 cent initial public offering to a $30 takeout uh, by Barrick. Uh, very limited dilution along the way because the heavy lifting of their exploration, at least the financial heavy lifting of the, their exploration, was done with other people's money. Before I relinquish the microphone to my colleague, uh, Dr. Jean-Marc Stoudy, I'd like to say one other thing that makes me feel comfortable about prospect generators. The truth is that I've spent hundreds of thousands, in fact millions of dollars, on research uh, over the last 35 years. Geological research, engineering research, financial research, and I've paid consultants hundreds of thousands of dollars. In prospect generation, the due diligence isn't done by me. It's done by major mining companies, by peers. And the people who are doing the due diligence don't send me a bill. They send Jean-Marc a check. Now, whether they're right or not, the fact that they invest in the outcome of their due diligence gives me extraordinary comfort. The fact that BHP or Rio Tinto or Tech or Barrick uh, is doing not just the heavy lifting of the check writing, but also the heavy lifting of the due diligence for me, gives me special comfort. Quite a compelling value proposition. Uh, John Mark, you're the CEO of a successful prospect generator. Please introduce us to Riverside Resources and the opportunity your company presents to the market. Riverside follows the prospect generator model and we've been able to focus in having partners, for example, now you're doing the work with BHP as a strategic alliance where they're fully funding, we're the boots on the ground doing the technical work. We generate projects. Recently, we spun out one of our projects. It's now moved ahead. We carry a royalty in those projects and we get paid in shares. Therefore, we don't dilute our shareholder base. We can keep a very tight share structure as Riverside. What type of resources is Riverside exploring for and where? We're largely focused in Mexico as well as in Canada. We focus a lot on gold, but we also have silver and copper. And the thing we really like is shallow open pit. It doesn't take so much capital to find, and when you find it, you very quickly can show that it's something large. It creates the urgency for the great discoveries. Does the Riverside Property Bank consist of greenfields or brownfields exploration plays or a combination of both? It's interesting. We started off mainly with greenfields, but recently, as people have left and we've been able to focus during the downturn, we've been able to upgrade the portfolio to having brownfields around existing mines and the neighboring to some of the large discoveries, one of them Silvercrest, making a big discovery, Premier Gold Mines. So we're in those regions right now where we can get the highest value. We're next to Geraldton, one of the large developing gold mines. So we went from greenfields to brownfields as we've been able to pick up some of the best ten tenure around existing operations where 
we know they will need them, and we know we have good things that are of value. Rick, provide us with some background on your relationship with John Mark, and how long have you been an investor in Riverside? My uh, my first memory of meeting John Mark was at an investment conference in Vancouver many many years ago, when I was talking about prospect generation, uh, and John Mark came up uh, afterwards and introduced himself as business development for BHP. <laughs> So I immediately understood that he was ultimately a customer of mine uh, and, of course, uh, did my best to impress him. Uh, he moved on, if my memory serves me correctly, from BHP to tech. Right on. Uh, at some point in time, uh, I tried to hire Jean-Marc. He had the very good sense to refuse me. Uh, but the consequence of that is that when he was starting his own company, Riverside, I was privileged to be one of the early investors. And we've been shareholders and backers of Riverside, among others, ever since. Rick, you referenced the success ratios of prospect generators versus traditional exploration companies, and you're one of the biggest advocates for uh, PGs, and in particular, Riverside. Why has your level of commitment been so strong over the years, and what gives you confidence in the future of Riverside? Well, the truth is that um, success in prospect generation has to do with the technical acumen of the management team and their commercial acumen. I was particularly attracted to the fact that, uh, you know, Jean-Marc's pedigree and, and the pedigrees of his team were particularly well suited to the task at hand. I have always been interested in Mexican exploration in particular and large copper gold systems. Jean-Marc, if my memory serves me well, went to the University of Arizona which pioneered most of the modern exploration technology for those types of deposits. And Jean-Marc, as a consequence of his Rolodex, has been able to assemble around him a very high, highly skilled team. His particular advantage, though, was that he looks at deal structure from the customer's point of view, because Jean-Marc used to represent BHP in these negotiations, and after that, represented tech's uh, interest in those negotiations. He understands something about, first of all, what the majors require in a joint venture and how to intelligently structure and price a joint venture so that it will be uh, A, fair to the Riverside shareholders, but also uh, in the interest of the customer. I, I think that um, that commercial skill set is something that's lacking in some of the prospect generators that uh, solely have great technical skills. John Mark, last year Riverside announced a new strategic partner in billion dollar market cap BHP. Why did BHP partner with Riverside and share some of the details of the partnership? Yeah, I was really lucky. It turns out they wanted to grow into Mexico and they knew that we had done these different types of partnerships for technical programs. Secondly, there were 12 companies reviewed that were operating in Mexico and Riverside passed all of those and was selected as the operating group. BHP is 22,000 times bigger than us in market cap. So we're really two different things. And so we showed them that we could operate safely, efficiently, and we've done in the past. We've done these alliances with Kinross, Cliffs, Antofagasta, Hushield Mining, continually being able to develop portfolios for the major companies. We can do it safely and effectively, and that's why BHP came in and we're really enjoying working with them. This program is a million dollars, and we've already been able to add another 50% as a new additional budget into the program each year for just the greenfield starting of the programs, and then it's a $5 million spend for them to earn into the project. We like those type of situations where 
They put up all the money, we put up all the sweat, we work together to develop projects, as Rick says, that are really work for the major. Sometimes they're too small for the major, but they can still be big enough for us. And we can put together those portfolios and then spin them out or do other deals in the future. So we really like working with these major companies. Rick, what does that convey to the person listening when two companies, Sprott USA and BHP, are committing capital into Riverside? Uh, Maurice, any time that you want to mention Sprott in conjunction with BHP and expertise, you have my, uh, you, you certainly have my uh, permission to do that. Our interests are different. Uh, I, I think in fairness, one of the things it says is that two different groups who benefit from prospect generation, that is to say Sprott as a shareholder and BHP as somebody looking for exploration services, have narrowed the field uh, to, uh, to Riverside. One of the benefits that I think might be lost on potentially on Riverside shareholders is the fact that BHP too brings more than money. What BHP might bring to me is due diligence where they write a check as opposed to send me to a bill. Send me a bill, pardon me. But after that, if you assume that Jean-Marc comes up with an interesting piece of terrain uh, and an interesting exploration idea, uh, BHP has literally hundreds of earth scientists in place. It's almost impossible that there's an assemblage of minerals somewhere in the world that somebody at BHP doesn't have familiarity with. And the fact that they pay the costs and add intellectual capital after the fact is a wonderful benefit that shareholders like myself enjoy from a company like Riverside that's able to joint venture with the largest and smartest mining companies in the world. Switching gears, John Mark, what is the next unanswered question for Riverside? When can we expect an answer and what will determine success? I think the, right now, two main ones. One of them is with the spinning out of Capitan Mining. So Riverside actually is able to progress with the, for the shareholders giving a dividend or giving a share of this other company. And the second is, what are we doing for the news releases with BHP? We've actually gotten four projects generated with them and they're putting their expertise, their data in. So the next time I ask a question is, is there a potential for a giant porphyry copper discovery there? We'll be putting out news before the PDAC, which is in the beginning of March. Please provide us with an update on the capital structure for Riverside. Riverside continues to have a tight share structure with 63 million shares, no debt, and we have over $3 million cash in the bank. Before we close, Dr. Stoudy, what did I forget to ask? I think the, one of the key things for Riverside is, when are we going to make those discoveries? That's often asked, and I think right now we have four different programs going in 2020 with partner funding and work going on with them. And we're particularly, I think, interested in what can we do here in the first quarter? So we'll have news flow and that'll be a really great way for us to be able to put out those new discoveries that we're making. Mr. Rule, what did I forget to ask, sir? Well, I don't think you forgot to ask much, Maurice. One thing that I would point out is that uh, over the last sort of 10 years, which have been very, very difficult years for companies in the minerals business and the minerals exploration business, one of the beauties of the prospect generator model in general and of Riverside in particular is that they haven't had to dilute existing shareholders out of existence. When Jean-Marc talks about his very narrow share, uh, share count, one thing he might mention is that the shares are fairly closely held by people who aren't in the stock for a nickel gain. 
when I remember back to the last exploration bull market, which we enjoyed, which sadly was 2001, 2002, one of the things that I noticed is that the prospect generators, when money came back into the sectors, literally had a melt up because as buyers came into the market, there were no sellers to match them. Now, I'm not suggesting that past is prologue. What I am suggesting is that uh, shite, the tight share floats, uh, closely held companies do better in nascent bull markets than companies that have had to be very pl profligate, issuing shares to keep themselves alive during tough times. Another of the unstated, perhaps, advantages of prospect generators in general and Riverside in particular. Rick, if someone listening wants to have their natural resource portfolio graded, can they contact you or someone at Sprott USA? That was subtle, Maurice. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I would love to offer your readers, as I have in the past, the ability, uh, with no obligation, to have me grade their natural resource portfolios. All they need do is email me their natural resource portfolios at rankings, R-A-N-K-I-N-G-S, at SprottGlobal.com. Maurice, it's important that your listeners put both the names and the symbols of their companies in the text, not as an attachment that my security people won't uh, allow me to open or that I, as a Luddite, would be unable to open. <laughs> I will rank those companies, one to ten, one being best, ten worst, and comment on them where I think my comment is appropriate. As an added inducement, I will also email back a 40-year uh, gold mining company index, which makes a spectacular case for investing in precious metals mining companies now, as well as a 100-year commodity chart. So we'll give you two charts, one about gold mining stocks, the other is about commodities, and we will probably more importantly rate the companies in your portfolio and return them to you. Remember, rankings, R-A-N-K-I-N-G-S, at SprottGlobal.com. And in the subject line, please put in proven and probable. John Mark, John Mark, please share the website address and ticker symbol for Riverside Resources. Riverside is R-I-V-R-E-S.com. We're R-R-I on the venture, and we're R-V-S-D-F on the OTC. Before you make your next bullion purchase, make sure you call me. I'm a licensed representative for Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments, where we provide a number of options to expand your precious metals portfolio from physical delivery, offshore depositories, precious metal IRAs, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology. Call me directly at 855-505-1900, or you may email maurice at milesfranklin.com. Riverside Resources is a sponsor of Proven Improbable, and we are proud shareholders for the virtues conveyed in today's message. Gentlemen, thank you both for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Thank you, Maurice. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.